Welcome to Flavor Text, a podcast where we explore the intersection between law story and gameplay for Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Krabby Terror 8, and I'm joined by my recently anointed <laughs> colleague, Kevling. How are you, Kevling? Congratulations! Hi. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Yes, I am suitably coronated. <laughs> Be, we were coronated within an inch of our lives yesterday. <laughs> ah, so it must uh, yes. be bunting everywhere, trifles and cakes and cups of tea and oh my goodness. I've not seen anything like that around where I live, but uh, yes, I'm sure with certain parts of the city, uh, yes, it'll be a bunting extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah, I think the yes. local paper published a list of which streets would have street parties, and there were none near yeah. us. <laughs> we must yeah. live in a in a real, uh, I don't know, anti-royalist or apathetic <laughs> part of the city. <laughs> the roundheads are still <laughs> still active. <laughs> Actually, um, the thing I always think about because the last one was about seventy years ago, wasn't it, or yes. something? My mum always saying that the thing about the previous coronation was it was the first one on telly wasn't it so people yes, were going to people's the, houses and that was the thing that was getting people to go out and buy tvs yeah yeah and you, you think wow how much has our society changed in then if that, if that was the big development was the te- was the introduction of television yep yep yeah wow <laughs> yes so um well, so you've got a few holidays and things, right? You've got a sort of a extended holiday. Yeah, we've got a holiday. holiday tomorrow. So, yes, yeah, a long weekend here in the UK. But um, as you Very were just nice. saying off record, you get a holiday for the Queen's Stroke King's birthday. We don't get that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we do. <laughs> you better better write to Charlie and, and uh, yes. <laughs> tell him about that. Yeah, well, we got an extra holiday last year for the Queen dying. We've got an extra holiday this year for the coronation. So hmm. maybe next year... The cycle will continue. <laughs> mm. I can only hope. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not going to be seventy years till the next coronation. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's that's that would be incredibly unlikely. I think. <laughs> so, apart from trifles and teas and coronations, what else have you been uh, have you been up to? What Kevin? have I been up to? Um, games wise, I don't. You know what? I don't think I've done very much at all. This is a bit rubbish, isn't it? Um, I've been I've been obsessing over all the news, all the Warhammer news that's coming out with Warhammer yes. 40k 10th edition coming out in a couple oh, of months. And wow. They've been drip feeding all the news about how they're simplifying it all and making it more streamlined, yep. which all looks cool, and making all the rules available free online rather than you having to go wow. and buy the books and things, which is a major development for Games Workshop, who are notorious for selling you book after book after book after book yep. of rules. Yeah. Uh, what else? Not a lot, really. I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online still, getting uh, me yes. little daily rewards in, <laughs> ranking, whatever, yes. Nothing particularly <laughs> nice. challenging or difficult, no. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this week, which was excellent. Uh, yeah. Best Marvel mm-hmm. film in years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me, I think. No Ooh. news here, uh, and very little Arkham as well, which makes me probably a bad choice to have on an Arkham Horror podcast, since I don't seem to be playing it anymore, <laughs> <laughs> except when we practice for these podcasts. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need no, to pull my finger uh, out it... and get Scarlet Keys on the table, that's what I need to do. Uh, yes, I still well. haven't done that. Are you going to do that solo? Oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've got many people who'd want to play it with me. 
<laughs> no, it's it's much easier to play solo. So yeah. uh, I think. Oh, I think, actually, um, I tell a lie. I did try and get it set up and playing on Octagon, but all oh, yeah. the cards are blank. So um, they are. Yes. yes. Yeah, it does make things a little bit easier when it sets it all out for you and everything. So yeah, yeah. Mm. What about you exactly. then? What have you been up to? Uh, actually, I haven't played Scarlet Keys in a while either, uh, just um, for various reasons. So I don't think I've actually played. Mm, no, that's not true because we haven't podcasted for about a month or so. So mm. yet we're we're grinding our way through the scenarios, uh, and I didn't realise until somebody makes it sound posted. A bad thing. <laughs> uh, it is a bit grindy in the sense that when you're playing a four player, uh, and I've, I've talked about this before, is that. You know, you spend a lot of time off when you're not playing, trying to find somewhere where you can find a scenario to then actually play. Mm. Uh, and so that didn't happen last time. So we ended up only playing half the scenario because we took so long finding a, a place Ugh. to actually, you know, that kind of thing. And the other thing I didn't real, realize about Scarlet Keys till I saw a posting was that there's no standalone. Scarlet Keys. Oh, yes, they yes, I saw that post. Yeah. Someone could come up with uh, the, their own standalone rules, hadn't they? Which is sort of surprising, but uh, I hadn't even sort of noticed that. So, uh, yes, yeah, so it is It is feeling a bit gr- grindy. And like I say, I'm, I'm kind of not really, I'm not really engaging with the story because it's so open-ended. It's sort of just mm. feels like a set of scenarios. Str- there is a macro story there, I guess. But um, it sort of suffers somewhat from the open kind of world approach. Yeah, because you can't really have scenarios having an impact on subsequent scenarios if they could be played in any order. It's a little bit like the start of Dunwich Legacy, isn't it? You could be playing those two either way around. And yes, they do have a minor impact on each other. But how you could do that for a whole campaign of however many scenarios it is, I think that would be pretty much impossible. Yeah, exactly. So you're sacrificing that for the flexibility of, you know, being able to sort of go anywhere and do any anything. So I guess um, it's interesting as an experiment, though, as to what can be done yeah. within the the game engine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's certainly it's certainly a different a different way to play. So um, I think for people who really enjoy a very focused story with a clear through line narrative, they're probably going to you know, find this perhaps a little bit less compelling from that perspective. Mm. So, yeah, that's Scarlet Keys. been doing that. Apart from that, um, I'm still playing Evil Within 2. I, I don't know if I was playing that before, but I've been playing I Evil Within 2. not long started it, I think, yes, yeah. because I got yeah. it mixed up with a different game. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's really good. It's much better than Evil Within 1. So uh, it's it's a real love letter to those um survival horror games of the the of the early noughts the resident evils and the uh, silent hills so it's that's pretty good i platinumed uh demon souls so that's done done and dusted beautiful very (laughs) happy about that so so i've started bloodborne now so we're going to platinum bloodborne my daughter and i so that's going to be quite a quite an endeavor (laughs) to do that so uh, my uh, my youngest is absolutely champing at the bit for the new Zelda game. They've got it pre-ordered mm-hmm. digitally and downloaded, ready to go as soon as mm-hmm. the, like, that midnight hits on release day. Because yep. uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is their favourite game of all time. Yeah, and they, really they must, I think they've played must have played through the whole game at least four times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's, really that, that's the other big thing on the horizon in this mm. household. Yes, yes, exactly. So there we are. So anyway, Boundary Beyond. That was mm. quite an interesting scenario that we uh, endured. <laughs> I wasn't it? We, yes, yes. I'm trying to think. Did we not? Did we? We did succeed, didn't we? Or did we end up getting defeated right at the end? I can't remember now. I think we actually uh, did we, it, didn't we, we? We succeeded in the sense that it's a bit, you know, it, it's one of those ones. It's not a win lose. It's more about how much you succeed or how oh, less yes. you succeed. Yes, it's how many thing, paths, yes, isn't it? Did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we did it. We did okay, Short actually. Shot, surely. I think. Yeah, pretty well. So uh, for us, anyway. <laughs> for us, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Because anything above abject failure is a success yes. for us. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so where were we in the overall campaign? What, where, where, where had we gotten to, Kevly? So we just done threads of fate, hadn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, then right. we had that resupply point, mm-hmm. and then we were heading back down to. Um, Central America, weren't we? Yes, into, exactly. Uh, into the the jungle, into the boundary beyond. Yes. Yeah. Basically, most of these locations are in Mexico City, aren't they? So they uh, that's where we're off to. Yes. This week. Exactly, and so there's this around this scenario. There's like a there's sort of some activities you do before, and then there's some activities you do after. Uh, with various sort of choices and options and things, depending on what's been going on. So, um, um, so there's this there's this relatively short preamble, I think, which is just um, rays of hot yellow sunlight beat down on you from above as your car speeds down the dusty highways of southern Texas. Did they have highways in southern Texas in 1920s? I don't know, but anyway, just outside of San Antonio. It's been several days since you hit the road from Arkham on your way to Mexico City, where you may be able to get answers from some of your of Alejandro's associates, or even better, from his adversaries in academia. Your recent investigations in Arkham uncovered much, but despite all the knowledge you lay bare, the trail went cold soon after. The Brotherhood that you exposed in Arkham, and Brotherhood is in inverted commas, which suggests mm. that's not really what they are. Uh, uh, as let um, the brotherhood that you expose in Arkham has all but vanished from the city. Its members left behind little information as to their objective, other than the name, the Nexus of Nkai, a place of power that Ichtaka believes is the brotherhood's ultimate destination. Enigmatic as ever, the Etsley warrior sits in the passenger seat next to you. She is tensed and coiled like a spring. The Ford's leather seat offering her little comfort. So. So that's mm. that's a relatively short exposition there before we get into the sort of the the, the tasks. Yeah, and then we got these three sort of um, decision decisions. The wrong word, but mm. um, impacts on on how yep. things progress. And all three of these first three are all based on how we did in Threads of Fate. Mm. So the first one, check the campaign log. If we forged a bond with Ichitaka, we read Ichitaka's quest. Or if Taka yeah. is in the dark, the lead investigator reads Silent Journey. Uh, mm. And so the that was from the Act 3F. Um, if you completed Act 3F, Threads of Fate, then you have forged a bond which, yeah. with Ichitaka. Mm. So uh, if you have forged a bond with her, she asks, how close are we? 
She asks for the hundredth time since departing from Arkham. She's like a child in the backseat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, we have to get to Anuhuac as fast as we can. The longer we take, the more time the Brotherhood has to reach the Nexus. You recognise the old Aztec name for the Valley of Mexico and inform Ichtaka he'll be crossing the border into Mexico within the hour. She crosses her arm, grits her teeth. You suffer no ill effects. Hmm. Whereas if Ichtaka is in the dark... She's quiet and pensive for the majority of the journey. Your questions are met with a wall of silence and a steely glare. Whatever she has planned, you are being left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Each investigator begins the scenario with two fewer cards in his or her hand. Mm, yeah, so uh, then the next thing is you check the campaign log and if the investigators found the missing relic, the lead investigator reads arcane thrumming. And if the relic is missing, so again, in the threads of fate, if you didn't manage to recover it, the lead investigator is growing concern instead. So Arcane thrumming, thrumming sounds like some sort of weird synth pop band from the 80s or something. <laughs> but throughout the journey south, the device you recovered from the clutches of the Brotherhood continues its endless humming, wrapped in a thin bedsheet on the back of the back seat of your car. Your understanding of the relic's nature is deepening. The investigator with Relic of Ages, a device of some sort, in his or her deck swaps it with the new version, which is the forestalling the future, which does more things, I think, than the the older version. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's a bit more, does more stuff or something. Yeah. And then Growing Concern instead... Uh, is the loss of the Etsley relic weighs heavily on your mind. Clearly, its value is more than simply academic. It holds power within it that you cannot yet begin to fathom. You are certain that the shadowy brotherhood is behind its disappearance, but for what purpose? And you, for that one, you remove the the relic card from the game. You don't have it anymore. The next one is based on the third uh, act deck from uh, Threads of Fate as to whether we rescued Alejandro or whether he is missing. So if we rescued him, uh, throughout your journey, Alejandro scribbles endlessly in his journey, the sound of pencil scratching against paper, a constant reminder of his presence. He remains huddled in the back seat of the car, his knees keeping the, journey st- the journal still, his brows furrowed in thought. This brotherhood is the least of our concerns, he says with an air of finality. I've been trying to decrypt the glyphs the device bears. The symbols are clearly not Aztec or Mayan, nor are they from any other Mesoamerican civilization, for that matter. I believe there is some other place the relic belongs, somewhere it was taken from. Wouldn't you agree, Miss Ichtaka? Ichtaka's already grim expression grows darker, her eyes narrowing. She doesn't bother to turn around in her seat before addressing Alejandro. It belongs somewhere. Meddlesome scholars cannot abuse its power, she replies in a cold tone. And that is the end of the discussion. Crossing the border into Mexico is less stressful endeavour than you imagined it to be due to Alejandro's connections. You are waved through customs with nary a stray glance and soon enough you are on your way to Mexico City. Each investigator begins the scenario with two additional resources. Whereas if Alejandro is missing, somewhere just north of the border you stop to rest for the night. Your eyes are drawn to the empty seat behind you and you wonder where Alejandro is right now. You suffer no ill effects. So I'm not quite sure how that fits in with the first one about Ishtaka, where she's sitting completely silent and ignoring everything anybody says. But then she'll turn around and have a little snap at Alejandro. <laughs> and it's like, mm, maybe maybe they don't quite fit, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what I do like about it is, and I mean, I like, and, and, and then there's more of these sorts of things, is that, you know, choices that have been made and things that have been done have a direct impact on the, on the narrative 
Yes. Um, I, I really like that. It's uh, it's a nice way of tying them together, bridging yeah, them the, in that way. There's a minor impact on the gameplay. Like, yes, mm. you might have a few less resources or a few less cards, yep. but nothing major, so to speak. No. But it, like you say, it is more the narrative and the story that's being portrayed, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a really... I think that's really good the way that, that they've they've done that. That's great. Yep. Um, speaking of which, you then need to check your supplies, and if you have gasoline, then um, you cross that off. If you don't have any gasoline, then you have to read out the out of gas option. Which so there's if you have the gasoline, you don't read anything. I think you just you know yeah. it's just there. Just Otherwise, it's it. fuel yeah. is a constant concern throughout your journey south. You're able to refuel several times along the way at general or hardware stores, but eventually your car putters out along the side of the road just north of the southern border. You and Ichtaka are forced to walk several miles to the nearest town to refuel, setting you back several hours. When drawing opening hands during this chapter, investigators cannot mulligan, basically. So you, you lose that, like you say, a minor thing. Um, Another inconsistency yeah. there. You might have Alejandro with you, or is he staying in the car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just have this image of you know you and you know Ichchaka, you know, trying to thumb a ride from a yeah. passing car. You know, <laughs> too funny. So yes. Okay, so then we move on to another bit of narrative. So mm. after arriving in Mexico City, you're disheartened to find very little information regarding the Brotherhood or the Nexus. You peruse the archives of the city's libraries and universities, but come up empty-handed. You can't find any of Alejandro's former colleagues in the city, and even his enemies refuse to speak to you, save for one, a woman named Padma Amrita, who studied Alejandro's work before he came to Arkham. She agrees to meet you at a trendy lounge in the southern part of the city late at night. Ichtaka remains a short distance away, observing your new informant silently. Padma knows a lot about Alejandro's research and even claims to have heard of the Nexus of NK, although she refuses to tell you how to find it. It's a fool's errand, she tells you. There is nothing to find, just a myth. Trust me, many have searched for it. None have found it. You point out that the Etsley people were not a myth, and she responds with a charming smile. Perhaps not, but all this about the Etsley still being alive, undiscovered for centuries, she laughs heartily. Bushwa, pure and simple. Come now. You don't expect real scholars to believe that, do you? Your eyes are drawn to Ichtaka, who is overhearing the conversation with crossed arms, her nails dug into her forearms. <laughs> Padma's eyes wander over as well, the hint of a smirk on her lips. In any event, I apologise, but I don't have any information for you. Only a sap would continue this research, in air quotes, any further. Good day. Padma leaves with another alluring smile, a sweet scent trailing behind her as she departs. Once she's out of sight, Ichtaka sits down next to you and you discuss your next move. After a week of failure, she has grown impatient. You offer a few more suggestions regarding whom you could speak to next, but her mind is elsewhere. When you return to your hotel, she immediately retreats to her room to make preparations for tomorrow. You decide to settle in for the night, and before long, your mind is meandering hazily into a dreamless slumber. In the far recesses of your awareness, however, you can hear Ichtaka reciting a cryptic incantation. Mm. Yes, there we go. Yeah, and then we move on into setup. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Interesting thing about the setup is they're trying to do something a little bit different in this campaign, aren't they? And they're trying to track 
your progress mm. or, or your allegiances, shall we say, based mm. on what is in the chaos bag. Mm. So what you what they do in as part of the setup, there are three um, encounter sets that go into the um, the encounter deck. Um, yep. But then, if there are the, the combination of the th- four remaining sets are based on how many cultists or how many tablet tokens are in the chaos bag. Mm. So you have one pair if you have two or more cultists, a different pair if you have two or more tablets, and one of each if you have neither. If neither of those is true, mm. so that's. It's kind of another clever way of hmm. keeping track of your previous decisions without keeping track of your previous decisions, if that yeah, makes exactly. sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the chaos bag starts with no cultists and no tablets. Mm. Yep. Uh, you get two cultist tokens by parleying which it's Taka instead of fighting her in the first scenario hmm. or and listening to her tale as part of the scenario three setup. Whereas yeah. you get the tablets in the first scenario by defeating each attacker by fighting hmm. or and by putting the relic in the museum with Alejandro. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah, clear yeah. that your cultists are that you're sort of on each attacker's side, your yes. tablets is that you're sort of on Alejandro's side yes, or yes, there's that yes. third option if it's neither of the above sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I think that's a really clever way of um, hmm. keeping track of things without the bookkeeping of did you do this, did you do that, X, Y, Z sort of thing. Yep. Yep, yeah, yeah, it like is. I'm, I'm surprised that um, I don't. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't do that more. So integrate mm. the tablets that you're getting with the choices that you've made. I mean, there's obviously times when you add tablets and things like that, but it seems to be much more deliberate in this in this one. The way that yeah, done yeah. It. In most of the other campaigns, those mm. things are generally oh, you've just made a bad decision. Things are going to yep. get it harder. We'll put a tough token in the back yes, for you. Exactly. Whereas this is more bending the. The, the way the story plays out sort of plays isn't out. It? exactly yeah. yeah and 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 so depending on how you're going so for example i think in the boundary beyond for example if it's cultists that you've got then um cultists get more doom if you fail and you reveal the cultist token whereas if you've got the tablet on board if you fail and there's a serpent enemy at your location they attack you so different effects mm. um, you know one's sort of cultists get an edge on you or get some benefit with the tablet in this case it's the serpent enemies instead so yes i guess it's the enemy of the people you've sided with yeah so if you've got the tablet you sided with its attacker it's the cultists alejandro's cultists are after you yes whereas it's the other way around if you sided with alejandro yeah And, and and also it gives it kind of without having to labor it too much it's also sort of showing that there are these different factions at play you know there's there's the cultists there's serpents mm. there's the etsley people there's us you know there's all these different groups and some are aligned and some are not so it does quite an efficient job of sort of bringing that to life in a way it's good yeah i think it's mm. great yeah mm. yeah and then the rest of the setup is fairly straightforward um yeah. The exploration yeah. deck contains 12 ancient locations, which are each two different versions of the locations on the starting map and a, yep. and a, and a few uh, treacheries. Uh, and then you have the Padma and Rita enemy set aside out of play, which is a bit of a spoiler uh, following that introduction <laughs> yeah. that you've just had a chat with her. Um, 
And then the only thing that's different is you set Agenda 3A and Act 3A aside and then mm. don't go into that. You don't naturally progress to them until you mm-hmm. get to a certain point. So that's that's the one thing that's slightly different about this setup. Yes, yes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's anyone who's done Carcosa is going to find this a bit similar. It's like a tourist scenario. You, <laughs> it's a it's a city, and you're sort of setting up all these locations, and they're sort of you know. Uh, so it, it was Paris before, and places like that, but we're in Mexico City this time. So it's a it's a similar idea, at least at that level, uh, yes. to things we've done before. Yeah, the main difference is when you explore here, you're not finding new locations. You're finding the same location, but in a different time period, aren't you? Yes, exactly. So you sort of replace the location you're at with the alternate version and everything else stays in place. Yes, that's that's right. So they're using this exploration mechanic um, rather than just in the jungle. They're using it in this sort of more city, city kind of urban location instead yes yes mm. and presumably this all this time traveling malarkey is to do with these incantations that it's taka was uh yeah. chanting overnight yeah i mean we'll find that it's kind of it, it i don't think she meant to unleash the beast quite like no, she did no. <laughs> it wasn't her intention but that's the reality of uh of what she's done but we'll get on to that a little bit later so the act 1a is crushing the threshold and it's got a little picture of a tram so i'm assuming there was a tram system in mexico city at that time uh, as you depart the hotel you realize the landscape of the city has been altered silver lightning crackles in the sky overhead and the earth rumbles deep below your feet monstrous poly- polypus entities float just below the clouds what's going on you yell at Ishtaka over the whistling wind what is this place one future, she replies enigmatically. Enigmatically, uh, after the first Tenochtitlan clan location enters play by exploring successfully, advance. So it's it's kind of getting you used to the mechanics, sort of as a, as yes. a way. I mean, you know, as, as as sort of a first step before things start to get serious. So that's that. Are we joined to take the front of the agenda then? Yeah. Yeah. So, as you were just saying a moment ago, Ichitaku is already up and about when you awaken, donning her traditional armor, her bow on her back, and a long blade at her side. Something is wrong, she states cryptically. I only meant to peer through the boundary. Her eyes are bloodshot, her face pale as a ghost. You suspect she hasn't slept all night. It matters not. It is time you witnessed the fate that will befall humanity if we fail. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Well, she's she's stuffed up, but she's not really. She's not like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, Soz. <laughs> My and, bad. Uh, yeah. it's, it's an eight doom threshold on that one, so we've got yes. quite a few rounds before this progresses. Uh, yes. So chances are we will get that first Tenochtitlan location yes. into play. Yes, first, exactly. So. Um, now you can, you have a choice of two locations, I think, where you can start, can't you? You can start in a couple of different locations from memory. Yes, it's either Zakalo or Koyokan. Is that how you pronounce it? Koyokan, I think that is. Koyokan, yeah. Yeah, so they're your choices, uh, yeah. which are the sort of uh, either side of the middle, aren't they? 
the two middle, mm. the two central locations. Yeah. 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 On the, on not the sure sample it, layout. I'm not sure it makes a huge difference where you exactly start. But, um, yes. Should we go through the uh, different various locations then? Yeah, and then we'll come back to progressing the act and the agenda, shall we? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I'll take the first one then. So I'll start with one of those um, starting locations. I'll pick Zucalo, mm-hmm. uh, Mexico City, present day. The main square in central Mexico City, once the ceremonial centre of Tenochtitlan stretches before you. Silver lightning flashes in the storm clouds overhead and you are shocked to find a tide of blood swelling over the plaza. The Ooh. entire city is bizarrely devoid of any life. Mm-hmm. And yes. When it's it describes these locations as present day, whereas mm. does this? I think it must just mean our present day rather than their present day, because Ichitaka describes it as a possible future, doesn't she? Um, I took that to mean that if we don't fix things, it's going to be like it was in the past. So when I see okay. present day, I think nineteen twenties. It's their present day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, and yes. then the revealed side of Zucalo, it's three shroud, no clues, which is a, a similar pattern for all of these present-day locations. Mm. Um, and each location has a different method for doing an explore action from it. So for Zucalo, the action is discard cards with a total combined cost of at least five from your hand. And if you do that, then you do an explore. Draw the top card exploration deck. If it's a location with a matching location symbol, place it on top of this location, taking its place. And then you transfer to that new time period of that same location. And um, this and Tenochtitlan, Clan, my understanding is, is essentially it's the same area, but it was the sort of the Aztec. Because Mexico, I didn't realize this, but Mexico City was sort of built on the original Aztec city, sort yes. of the center of the Aztec empire, which is the... Uh, so Zacalo was like the ceremonial center of, you know, Tenochtitlan, uh, which was the old city. So it's a city built on a city, essentially, uh, Mexico City, um, yeah. in that way. So yeah. yes. well, I was looking into Zacalo and what it meant, and it's, it's basically what the locals call the main square in Mexico, mm. Mexico. And it actually translates as plinth because they were going okay. to build a big monument to their independence. Only they never did, and they only ever built the plinth. So that's <laughs> why it's called Zacalo. <laughs> <laughs> never got any further. <laughs> uh, what was the second? Was it the Coyoacan? Yeah, Coyoacan. So this is, uh, again, present day, uh, although not always part of Mexico City. Um, Coyoacan has always been a historic area marked by narrow cobblestone streets and plazas. The ground shakes as you walk down one of the village's many confined paths, and you suspect there is more that more that lives below the surface. So there we go. And if you do manage to successfully um, uh, flip this one uh, on the other side, it's a two shroud, and it's take one damage or one horror, explore draw the top card of the exploration deck so they're quite punishing exploration mm. is quite punishing in this scenario yeah. um 
in the past, there wasn't so much of a punishment in the earlier scenarios, but they're really ramping them up now. Um, you're taking damage horror, you're losing cards. It's really kind of quite a, you know, there's quite an impact with these. Mm. And every single uh, one's like that, isn't it? It is. They are. Yeah. Now, Coyacan, uh, part of the historic center, Apparently, this was used by the Spanish, this area, of their headquarters during their conquest and occupation. Okay. So they kind of based their, mm. their headquarters here at uh, Coyoacan. So. Right. Okay, I'll take the next one. I'll take uh, Zosh- Milko at the bottom <laughs> of the map. Um, a small wooden boat bumps up against the side of the canal, swaying gently in the rippling water. A juniper tree sticks out of the shallow water nearby, bending in the mild breeze. Very uh, sort of a romantic description there. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then when you when you flip that, four shroud, no clues. While you are at Zoshimilko, you cannot gain resources. Mm-hmm. And then to explore, you need to spend three resources. So it's almost Ouch. as though you're gonna—if you haven't got the resources—you're gonna have to go away, get them, and come back to actually be able to do the explore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's uh, Zoshimilko, um, and that is, it was formerly a city, uh, and it's now mm. a borough of Mexico, Mexico City itself. Um, it basically. A lot again. I didn't know any. I, I, I don't, I'm completely oblivious to the history of, of, of Mexico and Central and Southern America. But apparently, the whole area used to be lake, a, a massive lake, and yeah. uh, it was sort of drained. Um, so a lot of these, a lot of these places we're looking at, like Tenochtitlan and Xochimilco, were like cities on separate islands. Mm. Um, so they were completely isolated from each other, but then the lakes and the canals were drained, and then there were just a few canals left, which sort mm. of brings you to the sort of a the current sort of landscape where the land's all mm. connected again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, and I think in the present day, our present day, I think all these areas are considered the historic mm. sort of center of uh, Mexico City. They're very touristy and. So, yes, you can go to all of these places. So I don't mind going there myself, actually. I'm sure it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take the next one, which I'll take the uh, Chapultepec Park. I think that's how you say it. Chapultepec, yeah, park. So um, that says one of the largest city parks in the west, the Bosque de Chapultepec, is a beautiful ecological landmark overlooking the city built on what was once a sacred forest many centuries ago. So there you go. I think Bosque de Chapultepec means forest. Uh, it's a huge, apparently it's a huge park in the center of Mexico City, the lungs of Mexico City, as they yes. call it. Um, and when you uh, flip that over, it's only in one shroud, but again, there's no clue. So none of these have any clues on them. Um, you only get clues in this scenario from the from the sort of the the old the the past yes. historic the, the ancient locations rather than the the present ones um after you fail a and you're forced after you fail a willpower test while at Chapultepec Park take a horror not sure why it doesn't sort of say why but and exploring you've got to test three willpower so you want to be a fairly high willpower person at that park so um, so the problem is if you've never played this scenario before, you're going to be stumbling around to locations and going, oh, can't really do that one and go somewhere else. Because, yeah. of course, 
once you know it, it can kind of go, well, I'll, I'll go to these ones first and I'm much more likely to, su- to succeed. I think, it, I think it can be quite punishing for a true solo player as well, because if you're playing yes. a character with low willpower, there's no way you're going to be able to progress that location, no. um, which sets you at a disadvantage right from the yeah. offset. Yes, exactly. Yeah, And interestingly, the we'll come to it in a minute, but the, the ancient version of this location is Chapultepec Hill. Mm. But Chapultepec means Grasshopper Hill. So it's Grasshopper mm. Hill Hill. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my interesting fact for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, That's so good. I'll uh, take the one at the opposite end of the map, the mm-hmm. square, which is, I can't find it, the Metropolitan Cathedral, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So the Cathedral Metropolitana, situated on the northern side of the Plaza de la Constitución, which is Zacalo. That's the mm-hmm. official name. The locals call it Zacalo, but the official name is the Plaza de la Constitución. It was mm-hmm. built by conquistadors after the conquest of the Aztec Empire. Cloud wisps swirl eerily over each of the cathedral's bell towers. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, uh, as an action, you can take a horror to draw two cards. Hmm. Why would you do that? Well, because hmm. you need to have six or more cards in your hand to do and explore at that location. Hmm. So, again, it's every single one of these has a specific criteria for you to be able hmm. to explore. Um, so, yeah, so that's that one. Yeah, and the uh, final location is the Temple Ruins. They're the exact location of the main temple of, um, he's having to look how to pronounce these, Tenochtitlan is <laughs> not yet known. Excavation has begun in search of the ruins of the many temples which once covered the area. And this is a, uh, this has just two actions for here to explore. So this one's relatively benign compared to some of the others. Just mm-hmm. takes two actions to explore. So Yeah. I was having a look on Wikipedia, and it looks like there's about seven different temples have stood on the same location over the mm. years. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So that's all of the present-day locations, isn't it, now? Mm. Yeah. So it chances is. are we'll have done an explore at one of those locations and put a Tenochtitlan location into play, which would trigger the act progressing wouldn't it is that right it would that's exactly right yes yeah because the explore deck has two of each i mean it's also got some you know nasty encounter cards but it shouldn't be too hard like you said to find one yeah so it's 12 locations of which two will match the one you're at yeah plus three treacheries wasn't it i think yeah yeah exactly so, so the odds are slightly against you while you until you weed some of those treacheries out. Yeah. But then it should be fairly straightforward. Yeah, I think we found that. We found that because I think we got some treacheries early, but then mm. then it was relatively straightforward after that. Yeah. Yeah. So if we flip the act then, Act One mm-hmm. B, we've uh, we've put our first Tenochtitlan location into play. Um in the distance, light seeps through a wide crack in the ground. As you approach it, you realise the chasm is not natural at all. Below you see the sky, as if you were peering into a reflection of the clouds above. 
Wisps of grey smoke emerge from the chasm, giving off a familiar bittersweet scent. You step through and resist the urge to vomit as the world spins upside down. When you open your eyes again, you are in another place. Not somewhere, but somewhen. The investigator who just put a Tenochtitlan location into play by exploring successfully must test willpower for... If he or she fails, he or she must search the collection for random madness or injury weakness and shuffle it into his or her deck. And then an important point here. Note, beware that the location connections are different on Tenochtitlan locations, which is something mm. we actually missed on our practice <laughs> yes, the other we week, did. wasn't it? <laughs> we did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the way the way the map's laid out, you've got the four in the centre that are like a diamond shape with two mm. either side that connect into that diamond, whereas yep. on the lo- on the ancient versions they almost become a circle. Mm. It's, it's, it looks like a big loop of locations just connecting round the edge. Yep. Okay. Uh and so then that reveals Act two A, past and mm. present. Um is this real or a vision? Either way, the secrets of the ancients may hold the key to finding the nexus of Ankei. Objective, find paths to the nexus by discovering all of the clues from as many different Tenochtitlan locations as you can before time runs out. If there are six Tenochtitlan locations in play with no clues on them, advance. So that this is like we're in the real meat of the game now, aren't we? Yes, so now we know right. what we've got to do. We've got to do that difficult penalizing explore at each mm. of those six locations to reveal yeah. the ancient version and then yes. get the clues from each of those six locations yeah. easy <laughs> <laughs> yes so that's quite a task and i think the the thing is it's it's um it's not a case of you know it's going to be very hard very very difficult to get all six so think if you're getting one or two you're doing pretty okay i think that's the thing to to bear in mind yeah you're sort of back in the realms of midnight masks aren't you do as much as you can sort of thing yes that's exactly that's exactly how it's structured it's interesting how it's you know in most scenarios you usually get clues to sort of uncover things but in this one they've sort of they've sort of used exploration to get the locations that have the clues and then and then take the clues off so there's this sort of sort of it almost in some ways it feels like they've grafted on the exploration and given it a reason for for being <laughs> so yeah, to speak. Yeah. but uh, yeah that's the that's the that's basically what you've, you've got to do but there's an awful lot that happens that stops you doing what you want to do <laughs> so yes. or moves the doom forward as pretty quickly so there's a lot of doom going down a lot of enemies have doom so even though it can seem like you've got quite a bit of time that can change very rapid we found that right we found mm. suddenly there was a ton of doom on the t- on the table and we'd barely gotten anywhere so shall we look at the ancient versions of each of these locations then yeah i mean yeah they they don't have so they don't have any flavor text on them, but yeah, basically each one is a replacement and there's a couple of versions for each place, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if I start with Zakalo, which there's two versions, they are the canals of Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan? 
<laughs> I'll say that again. Canals of Tenochtitlan. I'm getting it right now. Uh, and they are really quite different, not in terms of the number of clues. They both got one clue per investigator. Um, but one has a shroud of five and the other has a shroud of two. So, and again, it's going to be random which one you get through the exploration, right? So you're going to yes, get one yeah. or the other. So the five shroud one has each enemy at the um, at the canals of Tenochti clan gets plus two evade. While there is an exhausted enemy at the canals of Tenochti clan, it gets minus three shroud. So with that one, the job there is to obviously you want to evade things uh, because then you get you get a benefit from that. Uh, being someone like Finn, for example, you get an extra action for evasion. That kind of thing is going to be yeah. very helpful. Unless you've got a character that's good at investigating and can just get the clues without the having clues. to reduce the the shroud exactly. or get exactly. bonus clues from the cards. Exactly. The other one is just two shrouds, so it's much easier to investigate. But forced after the canals of Tenochti clan enters play, put four resources on it. Canals of Tenochti clan gets plus one shroud for each resource on it. So it looks relatively low, but actually, uh, it's actually a shroud of six. <laughs> it's not a shroud yes. of two. But forced at the end of the round, discard one resource from the canals of Tenochti clan. So it gets easier to investigate it as time goes on. Yeah, so it's sort of like you if you go, if you come across that location, you want to get it early and then yep. come back to it late. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so I'll take um the ancient versions of Koyoakan, which is sacred woods. So, yes, yeah, so the Sacred Woods, again, we've got two versions. Uh, we've got a four-shroud and a six-shroud version. So the four-shroud version has one clue per investigator. It has a forced effect. After it enters play, each investigator at this location discards the top ten cards of his or her deck. And then as an action, if you have no cards remaining in your deck, discover all of the clues at Sacred Woods. So it's trying to mill your deck, get all your cards out of your hand, or out of your deck, sorry. But you could then get all the clues. That's probably useful in a four-player game, yeah. but maybe not so useful in a one-player game where there's mm. only going to be one clue there anyway. So it's a lot, that's, that's a lot of work for one clue. Yes. So you're, to, you're better off investigating. But um, yeah. yeah. And then the other version, uh, Six Shroud, and again, only one clue per investigator. While you're at Sacred Woods, increase the cost of each card you play by two. But while you're investigating, it gets minus one shroud for each asset you control. Mm. So again, it's sort of trying to balance, similar to the present day locations, it's trying to balance something negative with something positive. So yep. yes, it's difficult to get your assets out, but if you've got the assets out, the investigation will be easier. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so that's so. the Sacred Woods. Yeah. Then we've got Sochi Milko. So Sochi Milko has got lake. Sochi Milko, I think you were talking about this before. So the lakes yes. and, and things. But I think in the 20s, I think the, the water system had, had been drained for other yeah. purposes. Uh, so this here, um, again, there's a two shroud and a four shroud version. 
but the four shroud version also you get more clues on it so the two shroud version just has one clue per investigator forced after lake Soshimilko enters play each investigator at this location loses all of his or her remaining actions and while you're investigating lake Soshimilko, it gets plus two shroud for each action you have remaining so it's you could lose actions and then it uh, it's going to be harder and it's going to get easier uh, but it's it, basically it's just taxing your time that's yeah. that's what it's it's doing yeah because uh, as the, soon as you arrive there you've got no actions left so you've got to wait till your next turn yes. and then it's going to get yes. plus four shroud because you've still got two more yes. actions left so it's exactly yeah, it's like a double punishment isn't it exactly uh the four shroud version has two clues per investigator on it um, so after Lake Zochimilko enters play, each investigator at this location takes a direct horror. Ouch. And while you're investigating Lake Zochimilko, if you have three or few remaining sanity, it gets minus two shroud. So, okay, that's great. But, <laughs> and, you know, if you've got, if, if you're playing this one with a bit of trauma on you, you might actually be in that situation anyway. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I can't. On most of these, I'm not seeing a pattern between the type of effect that's happening no. and the sort of the narrative or the location you're at. It's mm. all quite arbitrary, really, isn't it? It's just it is. here is a punishing effect to make investigating more difficult. Yes. Just to try yes. and make it, it's almost artificial difficulty, isn't it? To make thing, make yes. everything even harder than it normally would be. Yes. That's, that's exactly right. It just feels like you say that they've just arbitrarily gone. Let's let's come up with a whole lot of different sorts of effects and let's just sort of assign them to these locations. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. It, it does feel very artificial that way. I'm yeah. Because yeah, if you if you if you just scan down the list of cards, oh yeah, that one mm. does damage. That one does mm. cards. That one's about evading. That one you're losing actions. That one you're losing your deck. That one's yes. giving you doom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just yes. every. Every possible negative effect that you can encounter in a game of Arkham has been allocated yes. to each one of these ancient locations. Yes, exactly. Without any, there's, like you say, there's no kind of story reason for it. They just are the way they are. Exactly. Mm. Okay, so I will take the next one. Uh, is Chapultepec Hill or Grasshopper mm -hmm. Hill Hill, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, two versions. We've got two shroud location with two clues per investigator, and that has the forced effect. After Chapultepec Hill enters play, each lo each investigator with this location discards two random cards from his or her hand. And as an action, discard your hand of at least three cards to discover two clues at this location. Mm. But as a group, you can only do that once per round. So again, it's getting rid of your cards to then mm. potentially leave you in a position where you can't get the clues because you don't have enough cards in your hand. Yep. And then the alternate version of Chapultepec Hill Ancient is four shroud with only one clue per investigator. Each investigator at Chapultepec Hill gets minus two willpower. And then as a reaction, after you draw a hex card, discover one clue at this location. Group limit once per phase. So I'm not sure. I think probably hex weaknesses or treacheries probably all test your willpower, don't they? Mm. So that's probably yes. the link there between dropping your willpower and then that's a way of you getting clues is 
some sort of willpower test. Yeah, and that kind of works with the hill because it's some kind of temple, you know, ancient mm. magic and whatever. And that uh, that actually feels like it does have some kind of association with the the place. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The ancient version of the Metropolitan Cathedral are the temples of uh, Tenochtitlan, uh, and the um, there's a two shroud, two clue per investigator location. This is one of them. Force after the temples of Tenochtitlan enters play. Place one doom on the nearest enemy. Ouch! And you can take an action to place a doom on an enemy and discover two clues at this location. So as long as you've got a way to do enemy management, you know, put the clip, put the uh, mm. put the doom on, and then kill it, it's not going to be a problem. But uh, like you say, in true solo, that could be a real problem. And because um, evasion is not really going to cut it, really, <laughs> you know, if you've got, you know, that way. So, uh, and then there's a three shroud one clue per investigator version of this one after the after temples of Tunoshti clan enters play each investigator at this location takes a direct damage and while you're investigating here you have three if you have three or fewer remaining health it gets minus two shroud so it's like the earlier one which was about sanity yes this one is about your um your physical health Mm. Yes. And then lastly, we have Templo Mea, which mm -hmm. um, apparently just means main temple. So uh, <laughs> that's not an exciting name, is it? <laughs> uh, so, so is that where the word mayor comes from, I suppose? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, first version we've got is four shroud, one clue per investigator, and forced. After it enters play, shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a serpent enemy is discarded and spawn that enemy here. Uh, and then as a reaction, after you defeat or evade a serpent enemy at this location, discover one clue. Group limit once per phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second version, two shroud, two clues per investigator, forced after the Templar Mayor enters play, shuffle your discard pile into your deck and discard cards from the top of your deck until a weakness is discarded and draw that weakness. And then as an action, you can shuffle a weakness from your discard pile into your deck to discover two clues, group limit once per round. Mm. So, yeah, there's both negative card effects basically on those you're either getting a serpent enemy and you have to deal with it or you're getting a weakness and then you have to deal with it and then not only do you have to deal with it you then put it back in your deck if you want to get both of the clues as a bonus yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah there's exactly. lots just it's just negative effect after negative effect yeah yes. um yeah so i think the combined effect of all of these locations make this makes this quite a challenging scenario doesn't yeah. it yeah it is. And I it think it that's really wears you why, down. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably why it's that's not rated highly. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's the feedback I saw on Reddit. People say, "Look, it's not it's not fun to play because it, it, you know it's it's. I mean, the game is always you're always playing against the game, but in this one, it feels particularly um, uh, particularly hostile in that in that way, uh, and like you say, arbitrarily so because. The, there's not really any narrative reason for these things. It's just sort of uh, the way it is. Yeah, exactly. 
Yes. So I'm guessing at this point, mm. multiple ancient locations are out in play. We're frantically running around trying to get them. So yep. the uh, act, uh, the agenda is most likely going to have flipped at this point. Yes, because so there's far. enemies that get doom on them, and so the dooms will be flowing freely. <laughs> yes. So, so yes. So do you want to pick up the agenda progression then? Yeah. So agenda two B is one uh, B. Sorry, is the harbinger pursuit. So check campaign long if the harbinger is still alive. Following no telltale flash of light. Following no telltale flash of light. It makes sense mean? when you carry on with the sentence. Ah, following no telltale flash of light, a sudden explosion of thunder blasts across the sky, causing you to jump in shock. As though drawn from the sound, a streak of silver lightning crashes down from the clouds, ripping a tear in the world before you. Through this tear, a familiar creature emerges. It hisses in anger and raises its gilded spear to attack. <laughs> uh, search the collection for the Harbinger. The Harbinger is back and spawned at the location furthest from all investigators. But if there are six or more tally marks under Yig's Fury in the campaign log, it actually doesn't do that. It enters play at the Leeds Investor's location, lead investigator's location instead. It enters play with damage on it equal to the amount of damage recorded in parentheses in your campaign log. So the Harbinger is back. Um, so yes. uh, an eight seems like quite a bit of time, but it will not be eight turns. You'd be lucky to if it's if you get five turns the way it is with Doom. So yeah, um, yeah. And also and there, that, there was some of those locations lost. You lost all of your actions, so that would be your yes. turnover straight away. And yet you'll, you, yeah, you'll exactly. be through those eight rounds before you know it. Yeah, exactly. And then before you know it, you've got to deal with 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 this harbinger. And then it moves on to agenda two A, which is only five, so it's less. The barrier is thin. Each tacker's strength continues to wane as your journey through the strange as you journey through the strange vision. You've you've never seen her this troubled. She's often distracted, peering around as though any moment the answer will appear before her. From time to time she mutters strange phrases to herself. How could this have happened? The answer will be with the ancients. Something else is here. I know it. So things have not gone the way she expected it to have gone. Now we're at the point where we are running around trying to get all of these clues to progress the act, while at mm. the same time the doom is ticking away on the agenda. Yes. So chances are we've got act and agenda 2A both in play at this point as we're still yes. racing around trying to get all of these clues. Exactly, exactly. Um, and chances are you're not going to get to, you're not going to be able to advance uh, you're not going to get the six locations unless you know you're, mm. you 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 really know this scenario well. Yeah. So shall oh. I progress the agenda then on the yes, assumption I think that we're so, not going to yeah. progress the act at this stage? <laughs> no. So um, agenda two B then. So another mm. five doom have have progressed. So. Silver flashes of lightning become more frequent and the sky starts to split open. Thunder rumbles in the distance and you watch the skylines of both cities, the present day city and its ancient predecessor, are consumed in a giant stone moor. Six pillars surround the cavernous opening, each glowing vibrantly. A red hue erupts from the centre of the opening and the ground shakes with the force of an earthquake. We've seen enough. We must get out of here while we still can, Itchtaka shouts. For the first time since meeting her, you hear a telltale trembling in her voice. 
Find each Tenochtitlan location in play with no clues on it and add those locations to the victory display. So in terms of the way these locations work, that would then reveal the present day locations for you'll be back to having all six present day locations in play. Yep. Then for each present day location in play, search the exploration deck for a location with a matching location symbol in the upper left corner and place it on top of that location taking its place. Each investigator loses each of his or her clues, spawn the set-aside Padma Abuita enemy in Templo Mea, remove the current Act deck from the game, and put the set-aside Act 3A and Agenda 3A into play as the current Act and Agenda. Yes. So I think both of the decks follow the same pattern. You get to once whichever one progresses to Act to the second one, you then scrap the decks and put Act and Agenda three into play. Yeah, yeah. yes, you're right. The the um, yes, exactly. So it doesn't matter which one you progress; you end up in the same place. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you've if you've um, if you if you were successful in getting all of those six locations, yeah. you then get the other six versions out anyway. So <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. happens, you you've got to face them all. Exactly. Yes. Um, uh, do you want to do the act progression to get us to the same point? Yeah, so, um, so yeah. same thing with Act 2A. You do all the six locations, and then it's, um, I think it's exactly the same on the other side. Yes, so the text and everything oh, is, is it, identical. It's, it's identical, okay. Yeah, um, and so then you we end up with Act 3A, the return trip. Ichitaka points to the temple in the distance, shouting over the raging storm. It was her! She's the one trapping us here! She'd known all along! <laughs> uh, one way or another, if you want to get back home, you'll have to slip through the rift Padma entered from. If Padma Rita is defeated, you advance, or if investigators in Templo Maya spend the requisite number of clues, you can advance, which is two per investigator. So that's your, that's what and you've that's- got to do. And that's why it told you you had to lose all of your clues on the previous act and agenda. Otherwise, you're, oh, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Can't, yes. to, can't make it too easy. No. Yeah. And then I think Padma has an effect on her that mm-hmm. while she is ready, yeah, while Padma is ready, clues cannot be discovered from each ancient location. Oh, right. So she's there at the temple. Um, the map layout has changed to being a circle now that we've switched to all ancient locations. Yep. She's there. She's got Alert, Retaliate, and Hunter. So she's going to be mm-hmm. chasing us. And then, while she, like I say, while she's ready, you can't discover clues. Mm. And it's clues that you need to be able to progress unless you defeat her. Unless and you she's defeat her. five fight, three health per investigator, and three evade with the lovely subtitle of Cold-Blooded Charmer. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Yes. Uh, and then she also has a forced effect that when she attacks you, if you've got a clue, it gets flipped over to its doom side, otherwise you take three horror. So she's quite nasty, really, in preventing you... She, she's preventing you from getting clues in the first place. Yes. The only way of getting clues is to get over to her and evade her, so yes. that she's exhausted. But if she, if you fail the evade, she's got retaliate and alert, she'll attack you and you'll lose yes. the clues you've already got. Yes. So yep. it's, again, it's very punishing, isn't it? 
It is, absolutely. Yes, it's not, not that easy. Exactly. And you've only got six turns to do it all in. <laughs> Very true, yes. The final agenda is time collapsing. Alejandro's former critic stands atop the steps of the main temple, her true self revealed to you. Silver streaks of lightning wind through her open arms, coiled about her feet in an, is an army of hissing cobras. Now the Chosen can find the Nexus. Only I am worthy! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's either we take her down or we evade her and get some clues. Yes. And then get to the temple and spend the clues to be able to advance. That's right, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, that's right. Or it, it do we need time runs out. to be at the temple out. to advance? Uh, yes. Forgotten. You yes. Do. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so we, we either find the clues or we defeat her. Or, yes. Or, yeah, like you say, time runs out. Yes. So, uh, the. Act 3B then, so mm -hmm. if we're able to meet one of the objectives of either defeating Padma or spending the clues in the temple. Mm. Uh, if she was defeated, no, you fools, Padma drops to her knees, bleeding out from her wounds. She looks up into Ichitaka's eyes, pleading with her. How could you? She's about to say something else when Ichitaka silences her with an arrow fired into her lung. Go, she says Ichitaka. I'll be right behind you. You shake off your fear and step through the rift. Resolution one. So what do you think that means? Because it seems like she's like a guardian. So there's this nexus. Mm. And it's almost like she's in place to stop people finding out where this nexus is. And that Ishtaka's betrayed. It seems like she's betrayed her in some way. But, you know, how could you, you know... You know, it doesn't. It feels like something like that has happened. Um, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like she's because Ichitaka hits her with the arrow before she can say any more. It they clearly therefore know each other. It's not like you know yeah. they clearly and clearly there was something about this. This thing about guarding the past, guarding ancient ruins, in these sorts of things. So it's almost like Ichitaka has betrayed some kind of understanding that these these things were not to be known by uh, you know other people. Uh, so even though Padma seems like she's evil, it, you get the feeling that Ichitaka is not exactly innocent either. <laughs> In uh, just reading that, so yeah. And the other version, if we'd spent the clues to advance, it plays out slightly hmm. different but generally they say, no, come back here, Padma screams as soon as she figures out your plan. You can't leave me here. I have been chosen. Ichitaka looks back at her with a pitying glance. The two of them share a knowing look for a short moment and you hear Padma cry, how could you? Ichitaka pays her no heed, turning back to face you. Go, I'll be right behind you. You shake off your fear and you step through the rift. Resolution mm. one, again. Yes, so they're both resolution ones. Yes. And um, so it's almost like Ichitaka's messed up. She wanted to just have a peek, but things got kind of a bit, bit out of hand and she's really messed things up. So, yes. Now, the other one is uh, Act 3B, which is trapped in time. So this is if you don't manage to get back through the rift. Yes. 
Perhaps an eternity or two will quell your foolish desire to find the truth, Padma's laugh echoes across the sky as she steps through the rift atop the temple. Not that it matters much. Your kind will not exist on this earth much longer. She vanishes without a trace. You ask Ichitaka what your next course of action should be, but she's gone too. The storm suddenly quiets and you're left in the deafening silence, R2. Yes. So there we go. Okay. Yeah. And the only other option is if we were defeated, of course. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so shall we look at the resolutions then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if no resolution was reached, each investigator was defeated. When Mm. you next open your eyes, you are back in the bed of your hotel room. You raise your hand to shield your eyes from the sunlight that pierces through the bedroom's curtains. The glaring light is akin to a vice crushing your temples. Thin wisps of incense smoke fill the air. Rising to your feet requires a colossal effort. A small voice in the back of your mind tells you it was all a figment of your imagination, a nightmare fueled by weariness. It is the voice of self-preservation, warning you to avoid the path of lunacy you have set upon. You ignore it and rise to your feet, your legs trembling with terror and exhaustion. Quietly, you call out for Ichitaka, wondering if she remembers what happened last night, or if she was even there to begin with. You find her slumped on the floor, her back against the door of the hotel room. She is unconscious and unresponsive, her face ashen. After several worrisome minutes attempting to wake her, you finally succeed. She sputters into consciousness, coughing violently and convulsing as though possessed. The cave, the moor in the sky bathed in red, did you see it? Your head pulses with pain as you attempt to remember the events of last night and you shake your head. It must be the path that leads to the nexus, she continues, gripping her head tightly with one hand. You attempt to help her to her feet, but she pushes you away. What was I thinking? The boundary is thinning. Any tension, and it could have snapped. Her gaze shifts towards you. I should not have involved you in this. But like it or not, you are involved. It is too late to go back. I know where to find the Nexus, and you must journey with me. So, uh, basically, now we do the the bookkeeping, really. So, if Mm. it was still Act 2, then we put all the Tenochtitlan locations that had no clues into the victory display. Uh, we mark as X paths are known to you, whereas X is the number of Tenochtitlan locations in the victory display. Yep. Uh, we keep track of the, whether the harbinger is still alive and if so, how much damage mm-hmm. is on them. We update Yig's Fury with any vengeance yep. that we've earned. And then we gain victory for each card in the victory display with one extra XP for each Tenochtitlan location in the victory display. So you get a little boost there for however many Tenochtitlan locations you hoovered all the clues up from. Yes. Resolution one, which is the one you want, really, is you're assailed by a prismatic assortment of colours and lights as your mind hurtles back into place. When you next open your eyes, you're lying in the city central plaza, your head still spinning from the sensation of plummeting. A small voice in the back of your mind tells you it was all a figment of your imagination, a daydream. It is the voice of self-preservation warning you to avoid the path of lunacy you have set upon. You ignore it and rise to your feet, your legs trembling with terror and exhaustion. That woman, she must have realised who I am and followed through the breach I made. Perhaps she wished to know the location of the Nexus as well, Ichitaka says cryptically. Um, Your head pulses with pain as you attempt to remember the events of the past few hours. 
You saw it, did you not? The cave, the moor in the sky bathed in red. She continues searching the sky in contemplation. It must be the path that leads to the nexus. It's difficult for you to recall with precision what happened on the other side, but the image of the red cabin flickers across your memory. You confirm with its shaker that you saw the cabin as well and ask her how she knows it leads to the nexus. Her bloodshot gaze meets yours and you think you spot the hint of a smirk tugging at her lips. It's a difficult thing, peering across the boundary into the very threads of time. Perhaps you are more than you seem. She responds, the irony of her statement lost on her. Though she departs without answering your question, you understand the answer that remains unspoken. In the haze of broken timelines and unexplainable phenomena, the path you saw was one future. A future you intend to fulfil. So again... Yeah, for each of the locations, you get an, you get um, victory, the harbinger. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Bookkeeping. Yep. What do you think it means when it says the irony of her statement lost on her? When she says, perhaps you are more than you seem. Is that a, like a meta statement you know, that we are more than we're seeing? We are a human being in the 21st century playing a card game and, and controlling the actions of this investigator. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes, I know. Not quite sure what they're getting out there, but uh, yeah, it might be a nice little yeah, exactly. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Then we have resolution two, which was um, I've forgotten which one that was. That was if uh, the agenda advances. Agenda runs yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. The boundary along the horizon shimmers as your path home closes before your eyes. The surreal haze and the weightlessness you have experienced throughout this vision fades and you are left with the sudden understanding that this is not a dream. You are trapped in a time that is not your own and each tucker is nowhere to be found. You wander for what seems like hours, days, weeks. Your mind cannot take any more. The realisation that you may be trapped here forever is terrifying. Desperation and despair take hold of your mind, a bout of madness and loneliness that you cannot escape. You no longer remember how long it has been since you arrived here. You have not slept or eaten. Suddenly, after an eternity of waiting, the boundary cracks and the sky is flooded with a blinding white light. When you next open your eyes, you are lying in the city's central plaza, your head still spinning from the sensation of plummeting. Ishtaka helps you to your feet, your legs trembling with terror and exhaustion. You ask her how long you were out, and she shakes her head. It doesn't matter. You're here now. You ignore her evasive answer, but resentment boils to the surface. Did she leave you behind on purpose, or by accident? You saw it, did you not? She asks. The cave, the moor in the sky, bathed in red. You stare blankly, your memory suddenly hazy. It matters not, she continues. I know where to find the nexus, and you must journey with me. And then it's the same bookkeeping as mm. before. Yep. Yes. There we go. We're back in the yep. present day, and we're off to the uh, the mall, the, the cavern. Yes, <laughs> yes. The call of the jungle uh, is back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we have a little interlude, don't we? Before we uh, we do we progress because enough bad things haven't happened to us so far. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> do you want to take that start yeah that so it says once more you venture south leaving the safety of civilization behind there's no time to waste the path to the nexus lies on familiar ground not far from the previous expedition's trail using the leatherbound journal as your guide you retrace your expedition's journey soon you are deep within the jungle surrounded on all sides by hazards some natural others bizarre 
and then in order read the following sections so then there's all of these sections um the first one is out of gas um oh check your supply so if you've got gasoline then that's fine otherwise you're out of gas unfortunately a dozen or so miles north of the edge of the rainforest your car ran out of gas since you are pressed for time you decide to walk the rest of the way instead of returning to refuel traveling by foot foot set you back several hours but soon enough you reach the jungle once more when drawing opening hands during the next chapter you can't take a mulligan so it's the same effect that it had before yeah uh, next one is again check your supplies if anyone has a map we read a path discovered which says thanks to your map which has been marked from the previous expedition you are able to clear a path through the rainforest without getting lost and you reach your destination on your own terms and in your campaign log record that we have mapped out a way forward now, that's quite nice the way they've worded that because potentially it could have been someone else on that previous expedition couldn't it uh, after the second scenario yeah. i think it could yeah we could have all died and been replaced couldn't we exactly <laughs> exactly um and then you check your supplies and as a group you can cross off provisions uh but if you can't then you read the law on rations which is traversing the jungle you find the path to the nexus took longer than you anticipated and in your haste, you've not been able to hunt or forage for more food. Hunger hides your mind and drills a painful hole in your stomach. You begin the next chapter with three fewer resources. Another supply check. Uh, if we've got medicine, we can cross it off to remove a poisoned weakness from any one investigator's deck. Um, but if you have a poisoned weakness still, then you read mm. the poison spreads. The poison continues to work its way through your body, wreaking havoc on your internal organs. A terrible fever burns through you, growing stronger with each passing day. You can hardly keep down your food. Your body feels as though it has been drained of all strength. You suffer one physical trauma. Small uh, trauma. And then it says, as you trudge through the lush jungle and pass a series of familiar overgrown temple ruins, your keen eye spots a pattern along the stone wall of the structure. Upon closer examination, you find that vines of, and cake dirt has hidden an elaborate carving of hieroglyphs. Check your supplies. If you, any investigator has a canteen, he or she reads the patterns in the stone. Otherwise, read secrets in the stone. So patterns in the stone is you've washed off the dirt. Uh, you take out the canteen and splash water on the stone walls, washing off the dirt and making the stiff vines easy to manipulate. The pattern of glyphs is clearly visible now, and although its meaning is still a mystery, the repetition of six glyphs in particular hints at a specific instruction. Each investigator who has a canteen begins the next chapter with one clue from the token bank. So that's nice. Nice. If, if you don't, then no effects. Basically, you can't work out what's going on. Okay. Uh, and then last of all, check the chaos bag and the campaign log. If all of the following are true, we read a faith restored. So check one, there are two or more cultist tokens in the chaos bag. Check mm -hmm. two, we forged a bond with Ichitaka. And check three, Ichitaka has confidence in you. Mm -hmm. So if all three of those are true, on the eve of your second night within the jungle, you and your companions sit in front of a dim campfire, keeping warm and trying to remain relaxed despite the task ahead of you. Ishtaka approaches the campfire and sits across from you. Her eyes are cast to the ground and her shoulders sag with a burdensome weight. I feel that I must apologise to you, she admits, peering into the flickering fire. You have proven yourself to be both wise and formidable, and I have done nothing but command you and endanger you at every turn. 
There is a long, peaceful pause between you. Perhaps there is hope for humanity. After all, she says under her breath as she meets your gaze. Does she speak for you, or for herself as well? Ichitaka rises to her feet after some time. I trust you to take the first watch. Be on the lookout for serpents. They are surely on the lookout for us. Your camp is quiet for the remainder of the night, but for the soothing crackling of the campfire and the choir of chirping insects whose singing fills the night air. In your campaign log, record that Ichitaka's faith is restored. Add another cultist token to the chaos bag for the remainder of the campaign. Mm. So she does say sorry. <laughs> yes. But only if you've met this very specific set yes. of uh, so, yeah, criteria. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So very nice way to set up having to go back to the jungle, which I'm sure nobody would be looking forward to. <laughs> no. Uh, which is one of the, you know, you can't say this uh, campaign doesn't really kind of give you that emotional feeling when you realise you've got to go back to the jungle. You'd be like, no, not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So where are we going? So we are going back to the jungle. Yes. We're going to uh, scenario 5A, Heart of the Elders Part 1. Hmm. Um. We'll see if we can find this this cavern, this moor that we've mm. seen referred to in those resolutions. Yes, yes, which will take us no doubt to the nexus of Nakai, as they say. So yes, yeah, yeah, yes. So, there we go. There we go. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on this scenario then? Um, look, I, I'm not. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of this scenario for a couple of reasons. I think. Um, I don't think that the narrative and the gameplay mesh together particularly well. Yep. Um, I think I think you said before it feels like, and it feels like they're grafted on the exploration. Why yes. would you be exploring in a city? That's a jungle thing. And then they've sort of arbitrarily sort of just placed all these effects on all these cards. And so there's this sort of quite arbitrary kind of gameplay but the other thing is, it just feels like the story itself, it's like, this is just to find out where the nexus of Nakai is, right? Do we need this video game scenario where there's fishes in time and big <laughs> bads appearing out of nowhere, lightning above? You know what I mean? It feels like we're in some kind of video game level with a boss. Also, we have a vision that there's a there's a... Vision, and that vision tells each tagger, ah, that's where we've got to go. I mean, yes. seriously, you could have added that to Threads of Fate as another kind of thing is that, you know, that's all, all the outcome is that, you know, you, 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 you learn where you've got to go. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it doesn't really progress the story very much. It's no, like for one no. tiny piece of information. You know what I mean? It just um, and so I'm guessing it's a consequence of the earlier release method where they had to yeah. have so many campaigns, so many scenarios. Yes. That, okay, right. So we need. Let's, we've got this idea for this sort of time traveling mechanic. How can we fit this one in? And yeah. and like you say, it the scenario starts with Ichitaka trying to look into this vision. Hmm. We then play through this scenario, and it finishes with Ichitaka having looked into the vision. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing's really changed other than maybe we've strengthened our bond with Ichitaka through the process, perhaps. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, the, the things we do before and afterwards are, are actually the best parts, really. Yes. The, the yes. little interludes are the, that the, is the, the best, best parts. And that is the narrative being affected yeah. by our decisions, our actions, our previous experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and, and coupled with the fact that it is quite a punishing scenario as well, like you say, because of all of these arbitrary difficulties that are mm. placed in front of us at every single location, having a negative effect to be mm. able to do the explore. And then once you've done the explore, there's negative effects to be able to get the clues. And then this, you get onto the third stage as well, when you're trying to find the clues or defeat Padma. Mm. they're working against you to make it more difficult as well. It's like everything is difficult about this scenario and, and coupled with the randomness, mm. it's, I think it just makes it a bit unpleasant to play, really. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it reminds me a bit of Black Star's Rise in the sense that there's a lot of lightning and stuff happening, right? So there's a lot of atmospherics yes, yes. and... And, you know, you've got these locations and you're trying to get things done at locations. So it feels a bit like that. But at least with Black Star's Rise, you had a reason for doing what you were doing. You kind of, yeah. there was a sort of a drive to kind of stop the, you know, the cult from doing whatever they were doing. <laughs> and you did or you didn't. Whereas this just feels, it does feel like a bit of a sort of a filler scenario between Threads of Fate and getting back to the, the, the jungle, really, in a way. Yeah. So. I mean, I like the idea of sort of time traveling at all of these yeah. locations and stepping into Absolutely. the past. But like you say, just doing a test and discarding some cards and all of a sudden I'm in the past now. It, yeah. Mechanically, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit the story. Um, it's a nice idea, but it, it just doesn't mesh together properly, does it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it. I mean, and I and I get the idea of it being like a midnight mask. You're not supposed to sort of win or whatever. It's just, uh, but yeah. a, again, you don't get very many victory points. Like every scenario in this campaign, it's pretty stingy uh, with victory points. So um. yeah, and it's and and okay, yes, they give you extra bonus victory points for the Tenochtitlan locations you were able to mm. get all the clues at, but. That's almost like a double bonus that if you can do really well, whereas if you're only getting one or two, you're only getting one or two extra victory points. Whereas if you get all six, that's an extra six victory points. So it's like if you can do really well at this scenario, you get incredible, you get an incredible amount of victory points as a result. Whereas most of us normal players will <laughs> stumble around, probably get defeated and maybe get an XP yes. or two. Yes. Yeah. And in my mind, I just, every time I, I'm reading these, I just imagine the Arkham Horror, the card game, you know, video, and it's, you know, level level five or six that we're up to yeah. for each attacker evokes the thing and the rifts open and then we're running around, <laughs> jumping into the rifts and then, you know, it just feels really video game -y. And then yeah. especially when the boss turns up at the end, you fools, ah, you know, yes. at the top of the temple and you've this got to go and them. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So it feels just a bit, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that kind of sort of bit over the top kind of thing, but it's just a bit, it just feels all a bit mm. contrived, I think. That's yeah. All. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Not one of my favorites. No, no. Same. So, I mean, you know, the jungle ones are punishing, but 
you feel like you're in the jungle and it's tough. You know what I mean? You feel yes. like you're Indiana Jones. It's tough. You're in the jungle. You're in a temple. You get out by the skin of your teeth. But this just feels like it's just sort of dropped the shark a bit. And we're <laughs> just sort of, you know, it's just gone kind of crazy. And so in a way, I'm glad we're going back to the jungle because that feels much more grounded. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Way. So Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And then also the next scenario, I think, is the first one that they sort of split in two, isn't it? I think. I yes. don't think we've seen that before. That's right. Yes, yeah. two parts. Correct. Yes. So uh, in terms of the podcast, I think we'll probably tackle the two halves separately, won't we? Yes. So we'll do exactly. the part A first and then we'll move on to the part B in a subsequent episode. Yeah, that's exactly Rather than trying to cram it all into one. One. <laughs> No, no. no, that's what we'll do. So, uh, great. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And please like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, Kevling and I will be uh, will be back for uh, the next episode where we will be um, covering. Um, he says, madly looking through his book, <laughs> the Heart of the Elders, Part One. Uh, we'll be covering that off. But until then, I'm Krabby Terror 8. And I'm Kevlin. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, as usual, thank you for listening. Uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms, so please subscribe on your podcast service of choice. And if you have any feedback, you can email us on ftextpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at textflavor. So on behalf of Krabby Terror and myself, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.